What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Tina Amini. And Stein. And Stein? Stein like Einstein. the like, like Einstein. a Stein? No, like Einstein. Einstein like the Einstein. Yeah. Which means one Stein. <laughs> one Stein. Exactly. <laughs> Sam Claiborne is here. Hey, everybody. And Zero making time. his inaugural Scoop appearance is Michael Swaim. Michael, welcome to the show. Swaim Scoop? Yes, <laughs> it is Swaim Scoop. So uh, now, no, Damon, there's been a couple episodes that you didn't host that you wouldn't know if Michael was on those or not. Just I want to put that out. I think there's only okay. been two. Really? <laughs> that I didn't host. Tina and and uh, you. you had one without me, right? When she was yeah, in Germany. One. Yeah. Right. And then Kingo st- stole my spotlight one time. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Swaim, uh, he's been uh, working with us for a, a while now, but and we've been wanting to get him on GameScoop. Uh, we finally wrangled him. Now that Summer of Gaming has come to an end, mm-hmm. he actually has some free time. Uh, so, Michael, uh, tell us about yourself. What's your favorite game of all time? Wow, that's a hotter take than you probably meant to solicit. Uh, <laughs> you know, they they ask us this when we joined the company. I mm-hmm. got I joined about uh, joined now. Eight months Game ago. Scoop company. Game Scoop Inc. <laughs> when you join Game Scoop Inc. and they put the barcode on the back of your neck, they yeah. ask you what's your favorite video game. And at the time I said Psychonauts, and that's mm-hmm. uh, still very near and dear to my heart. But I got to say, right mm-hmm. now, at this time in my life, you ask me that, Damon, I have to be honest, Death Stranding. Wow. Favorite game of all it, time. It, I've had, wow. I'm in the middle of a very spiritual experience with yeah. it. I'm about 150 hours have put into that game. And I'm, wow. I'm just, it's opening me up in ways I didn't think gaming. I was, uh, I was thinking about Death Stranding a lot this week because there was that hint at the sequel. And I found that strangely comforting. Because first of all, I had a great time playing. It was absolutely my favorite game last year. Um, what are we laughing at? What am I getting laughed nope. at? He's making noises. Hopefully, you don't hear. It. We it's didn't. The door is closed. <laughs> Einstein is judging our tastes. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. He's he's like crying out loud about this. Smart dog. Yeah. But even though there, it has uh, some some weirdness to it and stuff like that, I had a really good time playing it, and I and I I, I really really look back on that time fondly, and I like really want to kind of play a comfort game like that again. It was that's what it was for me. Calming's the right word. It was my Animal Crossing New Horizons. It got mm-hmm. me through the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Instead of building my little house, I was walking around and I loved it. <laughs> did you, did you build any little roads? Oh yeah, my maps complete every road section that can be built is ninety-nine percent, brother. Yeah, man, when it Very goes up to the mountains and it like curls like up in the air, it's the craziest road. Mm-hmm. Love that part. Love it. So, what was it before Death Stranding? Psychonauts. Like Psychonauts. Yeah, probably. Ah, okay, yeah, okay. and wow. recently played the Psychonauts VR game. Also, very. In, inventive as Tim Schafer and the people at Double Fine. Oh, oh. I, I and that, that's interesting. It's a very interesting answer, uh, Death Stranding. Uh, <laughs> for my like my personal, whenever I'm trying to come up with my like favorite of anything of all time, just as like m- my own little uh, sort of uh, personal guideline, I limit myself to only things that were released at least five years ago. That way, I have some hindsight that I can sort of, you know, you're absolutely actually, right. There's recency bias is in play for sure and sure. and the wait, fact wait, wait, okay wait wait you you say yeah. you, you exclude things from five years ago no any it it's no it has to be at least five years old oh you can probably reflect on your in order for it to, for i to be, for me to consider it one of the best of whatever of all time 
Yeah, yeah. For example, I have a playlist that I keep updated of my favorite songs of all time. They're called God Tier Songs, but I won't allow any song that's less than five years old on that playlist. Okay. Just okay. I think that makes sense. I've uh, I think the Oscars actually should work that way. Wow, uh, that's interesting. We'd have some perspective on things at that point. That's a great idea. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, Tina, do you notice when we do uh, Game of the Year stuff that our staff tends to think about things that just came out, especially for music? That's when I really noticed it. Hmm. You know, yeah, the things can... that are fresh on your mind. Yeah, but exactly. It's also holiday season, right? So all these games are out. And it's just like, I've never been able to separate that out. But at the same and time, towards the end of the year, we have more time to like finally catch up on some games. So it gives people an opportunity to play the stuff early in the year that they hadn't, uh, you know, to not throw our whole game of the year system under the bus, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Nothing. my intention, but <laughs> Sam famously hates game of the year. Exactly. Sometimes, sometimes the bus is game of the year and I got to stop it from running over children. <laughs> That's right. Any outlet that determines bests in present tense are fools. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we need to well. revisit the system. I mean, we could do both. We could do game of the year and then we can do game of five years ago revisited. Yeah. I like that. Well, speaking of game of the year, uh, we're in it's July 1st. We're recording this episode on July 1st. That means we're halfway done with 2020. That could be a good thing overall. Uh, but that also means it's time to check in with game of the year. Watch. Roll it. <laughs> We'll add that in post. I've been watching you host uh, Summer of Gaming, and I really did think you were about to toss to a package. I'm just so used to it now. (laughs) Waiting for it. You know, after a month of running Summer of Gaming, I'm going to throw this under the bus now, too. We weren't exactly great at running packages. And so yesterday, there was a lot of vamping to be had when you guys were undoing the uh, envelopes to see who was winning things. And it was one Mm -hmm. of my favorite moments of the entire summer. The awards are actually really fun yesterday. They were great. a good time doing that. They really killed it. Um, okay, game of the year watch. Trying to check in with uh, the best games of the year so far and try to start uh, making our short list of what we'll be talking about when the actual game of the year time uh, comes at the end of 2020. And I think we have to start with The Last of Us, uh, the most recent game to receive a 10 from IGN. I know Sam uh, has beaten it. Tina, have you beaten it? I think I'm like 10 hours away. I'm 16 hours in, so okay, I think yeah, I'm right around. Right. Yeah, tell us exactly what happened for the last five hours, and I'll tell you where we <laughs> are again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, no spoilers. <laughs> uh, I'm about 10 hours in. I'm about 10 hours in. Michael, have you played it? I have beaten it. Okay, well. okay. All right, so we, yeah. we all... Uh, and then you went back to Death Stranding? Uh, yes, I love Death Stranding so much, I'm starting to call it Death Stranding, because that's how they name it in the game. That's how into it I am. Hmm. I don't get it. You got to emphasize the death over the stranding. Oh. If you notice in the game, everyone says the death, death stranding. The death gotcha. stranding. That's how you know yeah. a real death head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> death head. What it, what I love it. it. But back term. to Last of Us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I feel like definitely has to be the strong contender. It's an obvious answer, but I don't know about you, Sam. It blew me away. The 10's highly justified. I hope that's not considered a spoiler, but I had a 10 experience with it. Yeah, I think I, I talked about this before, but I'm going to add to it. The, the the craft of that game is unparalleled. Like, it's unbelievable seeing, you know, the, the, from graphics to, you know, acting to everything. But I saw a lot of stuff this week about um, where the, the devs were sharing, like some of the things they were proud of. One of them was just breaking glass in the game. It's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Glass breaking is good. Very and the satisfying. Other, yeah, and the other was this, this. There's like three puzzles, maybe max, where you toss a rope somewhere or lead a rope around. 
And uh, it's incredible what you can do with it. Like I'm seeing people like wrap the rope around like a a, a rolling chair or like put the rope somewhere and then like walk their face into it. But then it like rolls down to the neck and like stops there. And they're like walking around like ropes do not work that way in games. And this is like this huge amount of tech behind it, getting it to work. And like that kind of stuff I'm super nerding out over now in that game. Hmm. So the ropes, the ropes are what got you. Ropes and glass. Yeah. There is intense attention to detail, <laughs> though, in that way in every level. Did it bo- bother anyone or not bother? But one thing that was missing that other games have had is destructible environments. I did find it odd mm. in a game that's so realistic that, for example, I was shooting at a water cooler over and over with my like incendiary mm. shotgun and it just oh, don't waste those down. bullets, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are moments where certain enemies, no spoilers, but Sam um, and Swain, you guys definitely know what enemy I'm talking about um, in a particularly scary environment that comes after you. It's basically like a boss fight, essentially. Hopefully that's not a spoiler for people. Um, but that enemy can destroy things as it's like barreling around you essentially. Right. So it, it kind of fits contextually there, I guess. And for the most part, I've been obviously playing stealth. So I guess there's not much that I'm destroying aside from like, you know, the, the humans and, and all the clickers and, and the infected. I don't know if this is a spoiler and I don't know <laughs> if this is scene you're talking about, but one boss in the game wrecks arcade machines and it's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> that is messed about. up. Now it's personal. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's like the yeah, equivalent well, of, of well, I don't want, yeah, I was going to, I was going to say another spoiler, but it's really hard to talk about this game. Yeah, uh, for sure. I do think, you know, I, like I said, I'm about 10 hours in greatly enjoying it, looking forward to playing it every night. Uh, I think the, the draw to it is the storytelling, uh, the writing and the performances. That's like what I, what I'm really taking away from it. The gameplay is solid and fun, uh, but not particularly like groundbreaking. In fact, I would say the basic mechanics of shooting at zombie-like things is more fun in Resident Evil. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, one yeah, thing I'd add to this is that the Seattle and the greenery of the overgrown mm-hmm. city is like my favorite setting. And I didn't think it would be. I don't normally like apocalyptic games or say they're beautiful. This one's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely beautiful and well-made. Um, and then obviously the story is a big part of it. The gameplay doesn't feel groundbreaking, but maybe because The Last of Us 1 was a really good cohesive amount of like some detective mode stuff with the listening ability and then a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of stealth embedded in it. But yeah, like shooting, shooting all the zombies isn't fun necessarily, but it feels like you're not supposed to. It feels like you're supposed to do the puzzle oriented thing of stealthing around them and figuring out what the That's best path point. is and then getting surprised mm-hmm. by like, Oh shoot, this one changed their pattern. Like I find the human enemies feel like they have a little bit more of a dynamic range for uh, mm-hmm. what, what their paths are. They're a little less predictable if you let them linger yeah. around for too long. So it's kind of like that puzzle solving element to the stealth that makes it more fun. Um, but yeah, not, not particularly groundbreaking, especially because it's so similar to the first game. So yeah, Last of Us fan or what? What? Sorry, Death Stranding fans are called Death Heads. What are Last of Us fans called? Oh, I Lasties. think it's uh... Lasties. <laughs> Lasties. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I want to remember these. So Tina, can you take these two down? Yep, I got, I got these notes. Hold on, let me get to my typewriter. I don't know how to do this. Where is it? <laughs> You're close. You're so close. <laughs> wait, you can, wait, can I you change not... my angle? Yeah, there, there you go. Tick, 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 tick. Perfect. 
And as a bonus, you just saved your game in Resident Evil. So. Exactly. Yeah. You know, to bring it full circle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do feel like they made very safe bets on the way they, the things they added mechanically, like a jump button, which you can roll your eyes at because it's a jump button, and uh, the crafting tree being slightly expanded. They were safe mm-hmm. bets, but they they were good. The gameplay definitely felt stepped up. Like they you know, it's, one step it's, up and yeah. button things up. You know what I you think is really... You hit triangle to take a step up. You hit triangle. <laughs> exactly. You find the triangle, then you hit the triangle. You hold it. I, I do think uh, Ellie's animations on the crafting table are really satisfying. And like all the sound effects of upgrading the guns. Those look amazing. Oh, yeah. the guitar. I mean, like both those yeah. moments are like these close-up moments where like, how long did this take to like make this kind of mundane thing happen? I'm so impressed by that. I love it. Yeah, but yeah. that's the 15th time, aren't you? Like, I don't have time for this. Oh, of course. <laughs> Of course. On the gun crafting table, yes. Even yeah. though every time I'm like, I appreciate the animation. Yeah, but. yeah, for sure. And then there are yeah. a couple moments where someone will make a remark like, that was really cool. Or like, what are you doing over there? And oh, it yeah. just kind of adds to the feeling of, of mm-hmm. like, you're not getting pulled out and into a game menu or something. I was one of those that gets interrupted in a really scary way. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I messed that up or if that was a GameCube. So no, I think it, I'm glad to hear somebody else even confirm it because I thought the same thing. I was like, what the hell does yeah. happen? Did I not and, like, you know, scope this room out well enough? Yeah. And yeah. yet, did it affect your policy for the entire rest of the game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mine. Just suspicious of everything. Yep. <laughs> you know, like one of those potential Twitter accounts that you could create after, the, after I was playing this game and thinking about it was like, is there something in the bathroom stall? I'm like, yes, mm. yes. <laughs> There is in this game, and I don't want people oh to be boy. scared. That's what I'm telling you. But uh, every game has that, and like the, mm. the bathroom stall checks are so funny, and they, they don't even play with it anymore. They're just like something's going to take your life bar down at some point, and it's going to be in the bathroom. Although we confirmed that this doesn't happen in control, because that was my paranoia. That's playing right. That's that where game. it first came up. Yeah. Is something going to happen in the bathroom? It never mm-hmm. happened. It right? never I did. Remember yeah. talking about that? Yeah. yeah, maybe in DLC. I don't know. I didn't play the DLC. <laughs> Maybe that's all it is. There's only enemies in the bathroom stalls. (laughs) It's just a labyrinth of urinals and toilets. (laughs) And heavy metal music. And yes, Swedish metal. (laughs) Um, This is a totally totally random thought that just popped into my head. Tina, is it interesting to explore or was it ever interesting to explore men's restrooms and video games? Was that ever a thing that you were like, well, let's see what this is like. No, only for the fact that there's inevitably going to be like, you know, some pills in the toilet and I got to reach yeah. in there and be like, wait, I take these pills now? That's they were just cool. sitting in there. Who knows for how many years? It's but... like Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, it's it's nice for some of that extension. But other than that, but anyway, once you've seen one restroom, you've seen them all, you know? Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I uh, I sorted out a little bit of uh, finery for the, uh, the uh, Game of the Year watch. Oh, this, uh, is a, this is an award telling. Mm-hmm. That's but what the are you? That, that was sitting there from Tom Marks uh, a few weeks ago uh, when I had it on for that. So two to two gags with a bow tie now. And I wore a bow tie yesterday. That's right. In the awards. That's right. Yeah. Ooh, sharp in that tux. Yeah. Was that a real Thank tie? You. you tie that? You know, the waist up. It is a real, well, it's a clip, clip oh. on bow tie, you know. Mm. Easy, easy put on. Yeah. Um, what are you drinking, Sam? Is that a, a carbonated water? I, I think a robot account will identify well I'm, what I'm drinking. Yeah, no that's true, actually. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, um, if people don't know, we this weird robot account started uh, tweeting at us, and it'd be like, this is Safeway brand sparkling water. And it would yeah. be like, hello, Game Scoop, and welcome, Air Force. <laughs> Soleil from Safeway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, that happened on our show. It happened on Unlocked too, I believe. So it's, it's yep. weird. There's some kind of so a bot that's recognizing when uh, brand name <laughs> carbonated waters are being drank on video and then it's finding them. I don't know. I don't know how it works. And it uses some English. <laughs> yeah, it uses some English, which uh, the um, 1993 EGM Guide to uh, Role-Playing Adventure Games that we're going to look at later on also uses some English. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> Um, the other game that's gotten a 10 from IGN this year is Half-Life Alex. And uh, also, yeah, I know. I know. This is, it's a conundrum, okay. right? Yeah. There's it's no conundrum. way for me to play that game. That's the conundrum. How do we play this VR game that uh, was given a 10 from IGN? So and you have played it? Yes, I've completed Half-Life Alex. I have an wow. Oculus Quest and it was quite the experience. It's almost impossible to compare to Last of Us. Hmm. I'm still having trouble treating VR as related to traditional gaming. It feels so different. It really does to me. Uh, Well, I use VR. Like My top shelf VR experiences have been things like this game Lone Echo that just happens to be set in space. And instead Mm of advancing the story... I float around space and look (laughs) and like meditate on space. And I never thought in my lifetime, honestly, such a realistic and it's not all the way there, but it's close uh, feeling like that. I would even be so close to feeling that I'm in space looking down Mm -hmm. at earth. Even the Google maps app on VR is pretty rocking when you're flying around from like area to area uh so anything that's a sim i can't wait for the star wars squadrons because Mm -hmm. i've been waiting for a flight sim and i've been asking people on social media like eve online or uh uh, no man's sky and they're all like none of them (laughs) so i'm waiting for a perfect like flight sim and uh in i'll just put it this way about alex in alex some of the most satisfying things were literally just picking up objects and, and looking at them like hmm. the bottle with the liquid that sloshed inside yeah. that would never cut it in a traditional uh-huh. game. So I don't know how to compare game that of the year. Uh, that doesn't cut it in reality either, unless you're about two and a half, but boy, yeah, exactly. man. boy it works. Then. Oh man. <laughs> well, you're not yeah. really doing a lot of sloshing right now to be, fair. it feels regressive. Yeah, I yeah. could shake a bunch of keys in my own face and half-life Alex and really <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. So, Last of Us Part 2, Half-Life Alex, clear front runners uh, in, for Game of the Year. This year, a couple of the big names. What about Animal Crossing? Yeah, I think our staff is going to be evenly split right now between Last of Us and Animal Crossing. That's what I would say if I had to... Uh, yeah. We can pull the staff and find out. But I think sure. if that's what it was, I think that's where the votes would be divided. Does, sound, does that sound right to you, Tina? Although I feel like there's so much more substance to The Last of Us that is going to capture more people's attention. Mm. Um, but at the same time, Animal Crossing, like that's a game people are going to continue to play the rest of the year, if not into next year. So who knows? Could go either way. Could be a split. I would hope people would look back on Animal Crossing as something that was a bright spot in a, you know, at the start of the pandemic, a really dark moment that did require distraction and because we were all stuck at home. Whereas like there's been lots of other moments this year, which like, no, you should, you should focus on world events. But that one was one where it's like, Oh, it was really welcome. Mm-hmm. But it's also so difficult to judge things. Like this comes back to the, should we judge things like from five years ago instead topic? Because, you know, if we're judging it with just within just the current frame of context, 
I guess it makes sense for game of the year because we're thinking about it as 2020. Um, mm-hmm. But at least when you think about reviews and review scores, you don't want to judge it by virtue of like what was necessarily going on at the time. Cause that's, that's true. Like what if you look at that review two years from now and somebody just wants to know, is the last of us worth playing? And like, you know, maybe the whole review is just about the quarantine and how similar, you know, feeling it was to that. Then it's like kind of irrelevant to somebody two years from now, hopefully, hopefully irrelevant to somebody mm-hmm. two years from now. <laughs> So I wrote that review and I considered that exact topic and I might have even talked with you about it, uh, but I remember uh, reading when when my review was out, I was reading a bunch of people's reviews that were mentioning that and actually really annoyed me at the time. Uh, but I just know that that's like a, a take that, that that was out there and it was like ever present um, in the, the review that I wrote. I was very, very much trying to, you know, establish that like this is a game that deserves, you know, to be recognized outside of world events. Mm-hmm. What's that? Yeah. What review? Animal Crossing. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I thought you meant well, the last of us. I was like, hey. in in that light or bouncing off that, have you guys seen this kind of response for previous Animal Crossings, or is New Horizons special? Because I, I I haven't played it, but I've seen the response around the office. Are the IGN folks usually this excited for an Animal Crossing, or do you think this installment was unique? Everyone but Damon, yeah. I think it was, uh, I think the last game had Street Pass, so it was like a really popular um, thing that everybody was playing together. Whereas this time, people were playing it together from home online, but like it took a little bit to think about like if that would be fun or not. And that took a little while to take off. So like we never had those kind of in office Animal Crossing moments. Um, but this is a bigger game because of uh, uh, its popularity. Like this is was as big as Wii Sports or something. It was everywhere. It still is, and uh, you know celebrities are playing it. It's talked about in on mainstream sites and news and jokes for every single late night show. Like that is that is a cultural moment mm-hmm. that Nintendo hasn't had since the Wii, uh, and then I don't think any other games have had since Fortnite. Um, Resident Evil Three also got a nine, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know. It I do, that doesn't feel like it's game of the year uh, uh, for me. I don't think it's. It feels like it feels like half the game that Resident Evil Two was. I don't know how you guys yeah. feel about it. It was my game of the year at the time. Resident Evil Three was at the time you mm-hmm. played it. Yeah. And then what about? Uh, there's an interesting case uh, with Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, it actually got an eight from IGN. Doesn't mean it can't be you know in the running, but just of there's course. a lot of games. There's a lot of games that have scored higher than it this year. Even stuff that you know isn't isn't as well known, like uh, Legends of Runeterra as a new card game, Deep Rock Galactic, Valorant, Dreams, or in the Will of the Wisps, Neo Two. All these games scored higher than Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Do you think people will be including Final Fantasy in talks for Game of the Year? Be in conversations, especially because at the time that it, so like what it came out in April, and so at the time. Yeah before The Last of Us came out and before a couple of these other games that are coming out the rest of the year um, have an opportunity to come out and be played by everybody, um, I think it definitely would have been a contender. It's just, it'll probably show up as like a nominee, but not necessarily game of the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we argue about this a lot, especially when we're composing lists and things. And we're in an era of remakes and remasters and arguments about whether Miles Morales is a DLC or a follow-up or a spinoff or a standalone. Um, And I think where we, most people I've talked to have landed is these things are in contention. I think they are in contention. Neither RE2 or a three rather, or FF7 would be like my pick, but Mm -hmm. I definitely think they're in the conversation. So Tina, what's your personal favorite game that you've played this year so far? 
Um, well, I haven't finished The Last of Us, so I guess technically I shouldn't say The Last of Us. So it would be Final Fantasy VII, actually. But I already, like 16 hours in, I'm already feeling drawn into The Last of Us in a way that I actually wasn't expecting because I felt like The Last of Us 1 was so fully cohesive. Um, and I loved its ending. And there's a lot about 2 that's changing how I interpreted one. And I don't think that that changes like what was supposed to be interpreted or what was open-ended to be interpreted for one. Um, it's just, just changing it. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. like, it's changing characters to be people I wasn't expecting them to be. Uh, and I don't necessarily know that that tracks with it, but regardless of that tangent, I feel like it's definitely going to be a, a major contender until cyberpunk comes out. And then who knows? <laughs> that is, uh, yeah. So, Cyberpunk is definitely the one to watch. Sam, how about you? Favorite game of the year so far? Uh, Animal Crossing. Interesting. I like that we're getting. I like that we're getting uh, different answers. Uh, Michael, how about you? Last of Us I'll Part take, Two. I'll take the obvious. Last of Us. Yeah. 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 That seems about right. Um, as for me, it, let's let's go through. It's it's time for uh, the the moment everyone has been waiting for since the year started, since January first, twenty twenty. It's time mm-hmm. for the Damie Halfies. This mm-hmm. is where we check in. We're halfway to the Damies, which is, of course, the most prestigious award ceremony in entertainment every year. Uh, but we're halfway there, so it's time to check in. But first, I do have a, an announcement. Due to the ongoing uh, COVID-19 pandemic, the Damie Halfies will not be held in a big concert hall with a lot of people there like they usually are. Right. Instead, this year, it's going to be held in a, at, a, at an online streaming event happening right now. So get, let's get to it. The best games that I've played this year so far, I haven't finished Last of Us Part 2. I, I have a feeling when I finish it, uh, like Tina, uh, I'll include it there. But so as of right now, I'm going to keep it off my list. The best games I've played this year so far are Streets of Rage 4, Man Eater, the, uh, the game where you eat people as a shark, yep. Shantae and the Seven Sirens, uh, which is a, a really fun uh, Metroidvania game with a, with just a great art style. The Eternal Castle, which I uh, championed on the show several episodes ago um which is a a cinematic platformer with amazing amazing pixel art i played on the switch and then it was mysteriously removed from the nintendo switch eShop without uh much of an explanation i don't know that's come back yet so uh even though you put it on your hat it never it didn't do the trick nintendo nintendo did not respond to me even though i put it on my hat uh and finally the fifth of the best games i've played this year so far is hunt down which is the uh, old school arcade style uh, platformer shooter uh, with a very, very 80s uh, pixel art attitude to it that speaks to me. Well, that did not let down. Uh, you, those yeah. are uh, very damey games that you uh, clearly have been holding secret from us so we can't have fun play games with you. I, what are you talking about? I, tell, I, I talk about all these games every episode. My question is, <laughs> is Dreams going to come up as, as one of the contenders? Among yeah, the that's staff? tough. It also yeah. got a nine from IGN for the you know, for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, um, I'm gonna yeah. say no. I'll just say I, I can I can make that call if you guys want me to. I, th- I well, just think it's an issue with. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we'll see what yeah. that ends up being. That could very well, you know, that's gonna be out very soon, just a couple yeah. weeks. Um, yeah, so we'll see well, how that it, with out. that and then Final Fantasy and Last of Us already. Uh, that's just like what a year for Sony. Like yeah. uh, it just I mean, yeah. at the half point. That's crazy. And then they're going to launch a new console. And um, apparently they have games for the PS5 this year. We'll see. Yeah. At least Spider-Man Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. I was just saying the best TV show I've watched this year was season five of Better Call Saul. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone else caught that. And uh, what's that? 
I was gonna. Are you? Did you like what we do in the shadow season two? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like. I actually haven't finished it yet though. Okay. I think if you finish season two, you might have a contender there. Yeah, I'll put that in there. I also liked season two of Sex Education. I don't know if okay. I watched that one. Uh, and then the uh, I can't cover the movies category for obvious reasons. Yeah. I have not seen any movies this year. Any new movies, at least. Yeah. You didn't stream Trolls World Tour? That's not what I, I heard. I didn't. I was not <laughs> one of them. Okay. Moving on from Game of the Year Watch, let's check in with the listeners. Hi. Listeners. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Evan Stryker from Minnesota, USA did. Says, Is it Stryker with a Y, like a com- comic book character? No, not like the Stryker with a Y. That created Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Stryker from Mr. Stryker. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, USA says, I'm 30 years old and I've been a gamer for about 25 years. About five years ago, I lost part of my central vision, making certain text sizes, finer details, and things at a distance on the screen harder to see. I am grateful when a game takes extra time to build in great features to make them more accessible to impaired gamers. With The Last of Us Part 2's accessibility features, such as high contrast imaging and text-to-speech options, is the industry looking to make these or other features a standard option? Also, if you know of any other games with enhanced visual accessibility features, that would be great. Oh, man. The Last of Us 2 is like the most impressive level of fine-tunable adjustments that I've ever seen. Uh, Like, you know, it's pretty standard for games to be able to... First thing I always do is I turn on subtitles... I drop the music and sound effect level sound levels. And then I keep dialogue super high because I always inevitably can't hear them because they're like constantly overrun by those other effects. Mm-hmm. Um, That's which, why control was so scary when you played it is that you heard all that mumbling in the background <laughs> at like max volume. Yeah. And they're written out with subtitles, which is amazing. There's so much yeah. context you're missing without subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish yeah. like, you know, movies and TV shows would be, able, would be able to do that too, but they actually have like a specific dynamic range setting. So it's, um, how much fluctuation you can possibly get from scene to scene. So there are scenes where like everything's really quiet and they're all whispering with one another and then bam, like something comes at you and it's a super dramatic explosion of sounds. And, you know, mm-hmm. the two-year-old in the other room is crying now out of out of being woken up from sleep. So like that stuff is just so nice to be able to have so much control over. It feels like driving manual um, over automatic, essentially. Mm-hmm. But uh, The Last of Us is like the triplest of AAA game development. So I don't know how realistic it is to you know, expect every single game release to have that level of accessibility options. Well, and like just to go into it, like if you don't ever look at accessibility menus or have any point of comparison, The Last of Us like actually has things that I've never seen before and it has so much more and has things like what you, you can auto pick up ammo. Uh, so you don't have to like hit a button over and over again. It has things which just shows things in a more clear sense, even if they're hidden, it has a way to turn off puzzles. If puzzles are interfering with it. And I know like you're thinking immediately like, why would I want to turn puzzles? Well, like the way that some people control games makes it difficult in this game to, to do the puzzles. So it's like the, the, the it's an actual consideration to make sure more people can experience what this game's focus is, which mm-hmm. is uh, environmental storytelling and storytelling and just watching a story, right? Like that's like what this game's focus is. And so, yes, like there's like arcade shooters that, that, that the, the, 
accessibility options are not going to make as much sense as this game, but like Mm -hmm. the swath of things that people have thought of to make games more playable by more people are so impressive. And I'm like, just very, very like grateful to the industry for doing that. You know, I, I think it's really, really cool. Yeah. yeah and Damon's absolutely right that there will be a budgetary component, but I do think it's a trend we're going to see more with the AAA titles. We ran a couple pieces about the Avengers game and how they're really focusing on accessibility as well. Hmm. And uh, even if you're not someone who happens to be different, differently abled, I think there's a level of accessibility wall. So, for example, my girlfriend loves me and is interested in things I'm interested in, but it can never get into a video game because she's never played them before. And every Mm -hmm. time you hand her a controller and say, play Skyrim, she's overwhelmed. What do my fingers do? (laughs) You know, she's starting so far back with this object that we call the controller. Um, I could see these accessibility options. She's now, because she watched part of Last of Us 2 and the storytelling is so compelling, playing through it with everything turned off. Like she doesn't have to play the puzzles. It auto aims for her. She still feels scared when the zombies charge at her and she's still loving the experience. And that was very uh, interesting to me that as gaming continues to become a mainstream part of everyone's pop culture diet, accessibility needs to be a part of that if you can afford it, which is a fair point. Yeah, Yeah. I think in general, people are being more conscientious about it, which is nice. Like there's always been like a certain level, like a certain standard, but we're starting to increase what that standard is. And The Last of Us is a good example of like what that range could possibly look like Um, and hopefully become more of a normalized thing where like, you know, be more accessible to developers, actually, for them to be able to incorporate it into their games. Uh, And Swain, you touched on something that I love because like, let's say you have... Even if you are a super familiar gamer and very comfortable like working around puzzles and whatnot, um, I think there are probably certain design elements that might bug you where these accessibility options in The Last of Us, you know, like Red Dead 2, for instance, you had to every time you looted a body, it took like three seconds of an animation, which was Mm -hmm. really cool to see for the first few times. Mm -hmm. 20 hours into the game, you're like, oh, my God, just pick up this money and let me go. Um, but so that's the kind of thing where in the last of us, you, when you turn on auto pickup for items, which I did, and it's just been like vastly improved my experience because I'll just run around shelves that I know are inevitably going to have some items around them. And then I like, I'm automatically picking things up and it's just, you know, give, affording me a couple extra seconds back. Yeah. And you don't feel like you're cheating the system or anything. It's like, all I would have done is see that and pick it up. What's the big deal? I would more always more options infinite options exactly and and this game is not again it's not an arcade game it's not it's not preventing you from progressing intentionally it wants you to progress it wants you to experience more and keep going because it's a story focused you know cinematic experience whereas like there are going to be games that are that are more uh about you know challenging you and those are a completely different classification of game Mm. Mm mm-hmm and they should be accessible too. I'm not saying they should be. Accessible. I'm just saying like the options are going to be completely different for a game like that. Yeah. Uh, the first game that I can remember noticing having any sort of accessibility option was Peggle because it had a colorblind mode mm-hmm. that changed the different colored pegs to different shapes. Yeah, I remember nice. that being a discussion for Bioshock as well because it was really hard to experience uh, if you were colorblind. There was um, uh, uh, Nintendo really early on in the Wii's life cycle started adding things that would like let you change to a different control scheme for music Mario world by like, you know, changing to a character that floats or whatever. Um, and people like were calling that a win button and like, there's like all this stuff, but I think Nintendo was a little bit ahead of the curve on being like, how can we make things fun and playable, 
but not not impossible to beat for everybody. And maybe yeah. maybe they even were considering accessibility. I think they're also very ahead of the curve just on the idea of they always take it back to the baseline that a game can be anything. Like every generation of their consoles, they actually go back to the drawing board and question, how is the player going to interact with this thing? How might they interact with it in various ways? I just think that is so interesting and makes you ahead of the curve just instantly on accessibility issues as well, because Nintendo already has it under their belt that we are not locked into the DualShock per se. The software is the software and it can be interpreted in any way. You know, we run videos where someone beats uh, Dark Souls with a bongo controller. So yeah. this guy's the limit, people. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, if I nothing else... She, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think Shigeru Miyamoto's background was in like ergonomics and like uh, UI design uh, for like, you know, physical things uh, when he started at Nintendo. And so like they've always been about you know, building, well, they're a hardware company for one thing, right? But like, we do think about them software, software, and then consoles, but like, they were really making like toys before that and had all this, this experience with just putting your hands on something and, and making it work. And I think that's an interesting background to that company. I heard something about Shigeru Miyamoto recently. That's very interesting, but I don't know if I a hundred percent believe it. Okay. Apparently he isn't allowed to ride a bike to work because he's too important. So they ha- they send they send a car service to pick him up. I can't imagine him living near enough to Nintendo in Kyoto to do that. I, so. I can't. I mean, Maybe that's like an office problem. car. <laughs> right, right. They were like, it's like fifteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Coming down from the mountains every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. winding roads in the snow. <laughs> Please stop. It's more, it's more that it was just completely ridiculous for him to even think about riding a bike to work. Uh, okay, this is Bjorn from Norway. Says, first time writing, long time listener and viewer, love the show. I think it might be the best gaming podcast out there. Bjorn, I think I think you might be right. <laughs> My question might be a bit complicated, but I think it might call for a good discussion. I recently finished Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2. And by the way, finishing both of those games is like a whole year of your life, probably. Yeah. Is that 2020? Uh, Bjorn says, I think that Larian Studios has shown an amazing ability when it comes to world building and storytelling with each game improving on the latter. Then when they announced Divinity Fallen Heroes, I was very disappointed to learn that it is an XCOM style game, which I never got into, and it continues the Divinity story. Have you guys ever given up on a franchise because it changed the genre? And how do you feel about games or franchises doing that? Well, so first of all, good news. Uh, Divinity Fallen Heroes has been put on hold indefinitely. So your Divinity experience is not being diluted, Bjorn from Norway. Good news for Bjorn, perhaps not for yeah. the development team. Well, <laughs> well, the development team is making Baldur's Gate 3. So I think that's They're the fine. reason why. I think that's the reason why. Yeah. We've got other things going on. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, like, you know, Resident Evil is probably the one that is like a, a mm-hmm. more obvious mm-hmm. one. Not that it's like mm-hmm. a complete overhaul uh or anything but it definitely like made some shifts uh in decisions and i think a lot of those come from like publishers communicating with developers and saying like here's the trend that we're seeing at this time period um Mm -hmm. gamers really like more action like these are the things that are selling more can we incorporate this into your game to make sure that it's like cutting edge that it's part of the culture as it's emerging um, and sometimes that goes well and sometimes that doesn't. And then there's constant spinoffs too. Like Halo has gone through a couple different directions and now a different developer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably my longest running series is Halo. And I, I sort of stopped playing 
um, because it felt like a chapter had closed. Um, and then before, uh, you know, moving on to three, four, three. So it just Hmm. sort of like, was a sentimental thing where it had, where you sort of accept internally, like this is a change in the series. Um, but it's, it's not to say that like some spinoffs haven't worked well, like, uh, What's the one I'm thinking of? The Rabbids and Mario crossover. Yeah, Kingdom Battle. Yeah, yeah I was oh, just thinking about that. That's a good example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's like a good example where things are coming together in a mishmash that actually works. Halo also had Halo Wars, which is exactly sort of the divinity sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing quite like how Resident Evil like really split people. They're like, oh, it's going to be an action series now. But then with Resident Evil 4, everybody usually mostly came on board of that game. And then like it was like five people iffy and then six was just a terrible action game. And so like seven didn't even go back to survival or went to like a, a first person thing. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a crazy series to never <laughs> come back around. But if you liked Resident Evil 4, you can stick with two and three now, which is cool. The remakes. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think really hard about like what what games really transformed and left me in the dust was story specifically. And that's where like I left off like so many games were like an arcade game or a NES game or something. And they had life later is something completely different. Like, who cares? But like, I didn't care like when Spy Hunter got like some other iteration or something because I don't care about Spy Hunter's backstory. It's just like whatever it is, a guy has a cool car and it turns into a boat. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, like there, there's like to be left behind, like that must feel really bad, but also uh, the communities around these games exert a lot of pressure on the games now. So I don't know if it's going to happen that often. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask if you thought Metroid prime was an example. So, Metroid, okay. That's the, okay. So if I think about Metroid, I don't think about Metroid prime. I think about other M and, mm-hmm. uh, and it going away from first person games. There you go. Uh, back to like some just experimenting but 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 but, but i was gonna bring up metroid in a bit anyway but i'll just go ahead now because metroid did a thing that uh a lot of games do which they just go to multiplayer and for for a game like and they, for that one they you know there's that weird metroid only multiplayer federation, force. federation force yep and then there was zelda at the time did four swords uh like they're the third fourth four swords game and like in th- those games i felt compelled to play and i played them because i'm such a big fan of those series and they were they're they're pretty shitty. Like it wasn't fun to play them. And like, no matter what though, I have to see everything Metroid. Like I am, you know, that's my favorite series. I really, really am interested in everything about it. And so I played all of Federation Force by myself and it was so bad. Wow. Same with Zelda uh, that that came out that same time. Remember that E3 where they're like, hey, do you guys like Metroid and Zelda? How would you like some multiplayer versions of these games? Like, no. Why? Yeah. <laughs> but I guess those games aren't like advancing the story. You know, no, but for me, it's like almost like experiencing the world of Metroid Prime. I want to know everything about it. Like, I'm that obsessive of a fan. It's like Star Wars for me. Like, you know, yeah, when Star Wars true. is bad, I'm still interested in seeing it. Like, I'm always going to like I even watched like a lot of the, the Clone Wars cartoon stuff, like which I don't like. And uh, just just to know the story. Uh, of just like an IP that has been through many different iterations on the game side, too. What? Which one? Star Wars. But it reminds yeah. it also like Sam, when you were talking, it reminded me of the whole debacle or the original debacle around cyberpunk where it's like, it's mm-hmm. not a third person. Like this is yeah. not what we know to yeah, be. That's right. 
project red. So even like the mind changes, like with like your view perspective um, can throw things off course quite a bit. Cause it's just like familiarity. And then you start to question, well, if that's different, what else is going to be different? Or like final mm-hmm. fantasy seven, the debacle around it, not being a completely, um, you know, original, a completely um, a remake that like necessarily honored by detail by detail mm-hmm. um, to the original. So just any kind of change, change is scary essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can be good, though. Uh, a couple other examples of series that completely changed directions and I think in these cases never went back is Warcraft. There are three Warcraft real-time strategy games and then there was World of Warcraft and they never made oh, another RTS. Yeah, they didn't diverge the series. They yeah. totally just transformed it to World of Warcraft. That's yeah. Warcraft now, huh? Yeah. And within World of Warcraft, all of the expansions kind of changed the pace of the games, too. So that's why like World of War- World of Warcraft Classic became a thing, too, because people yeah. just like probably dropped Mm -hmm. off after certain expansions Mm -hmm. yeah and then there's fallout the first two fallout games are are turn-based strat or turn-based rpgs with an isometric view and with ap yeah used in a completely different way and i think Mm -hmm. bjorn probably feels that pain as someone who's into a a frozen in time process driven (laughs) rpg uh yeah i felt gravely disappointed when fallout switched formats uh, I eventually got over it. I also wanted to throw in one. I like I like the fallouts now, but Fallout 2 remains my favorite Fallout personally. But yeah. Sam, you mentioned story shifts, and I can't pinpoint where it happened, but I did wanted to bring I wanted to bring up Call of Duty because there's a very clear feeling mm. I had as I slowly fell off of playing Call of Duty games every year. And it was the feeling that it went from being a history lesson to being an action movie set in mm. wartime. And I, it's, it was so gradual that it's tough to pinpoint where, but man, I miss the, like the somber actual quotes from Winston Churchill. Every time you died, (laughs) the fact that it sounded like, you know, your uncle, who's a history nerd explaining, like, then they went over here. No, this really happened and just became, um, you know, guy from game of Thrones in space eventually. But even (laughs) when it's not, I feel like that, uh, series has very much sort of fallen off of its roots as as bringing history to life and has just become an action movie. Oh, you know, the war movie of the year. And then they jettisoned the campaign entirely. Right. That's true. <laughs> and then uh, brought it back. They've been experimenting funny, lately. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a funny transformation. Uh, Grand Theft Auto was really popular as a top down <laughs> like game. Everybody well, played it on PCs and it had all these different uh, uh, versions of it. And then, you know, it had a brief resurgence in like the Chinatown Wars game, I think. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that, that went 3D and never went back again. And and I thought that was a funny, funny transformation. But a lot of games went from 2D to 3D and nobody yeah. complained. Mario would count then, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I guess GTA was always open world, too. You know what? I was really scared at one point that Zelda was going to become Skyward Sword games forever. And then mm-hmm. I would have to stop playing Zelda. Like before Breath of the Wild, they had done Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. And I was yeah. like... Man, if these are the yeah. games that are going to get tens for the rest of my life, I don't think I'm really into Zelda anymore. And yeah. uh, and then they they pivoted. Yeah, they announced Hitman Go is the only kind of Hitman game ever again. That's it. <laughs> Hitman Go is pretty good. It yeah, is. I was going to say, fine, do, but... do mobile spinoffs count? Like, what about Fallout Shelter? Yeah, that was a good game. I enjoyed mm-hmm. Fallout Shelter. Really, yeah, really fun. <laughs> Uh, okay, I know we're running uh, uh, on time here. I want to share my screen with you so I can show you the 1993. Can you guys see this? Yeah. Oh, wow. I remember that image so really? well. 
Yeah. This is the 1993 EGM's Guide to I've never seen this before. This is EGM's Guide to Role-Playing and Adventure Games. And all EGM was, of course, uh, an American magazine. But I have a sneaking suspicion that this uh, supplement was written by someone for whom English was not their first language. Uh, right. As Zetrice right says on the cover, the latest info on over 35 of your favorite games. So it's an RPG fest. And I want to point out that on this page, there's, <laughs> Samus. there's not one, but two images of Samus. So they have, they're casting a wide net for what they consider to be uh, RPG role-playing mm-hmm. adventure games. Well, we used uh, to just, call Metroidvanias uh, Dragon Quest Vanias. So that makes sense. Why is this an RPG? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but this is just sort of the intro uh, to, the, to the supplement. And I don't, this is probably too re- low res for you guys to see, but in the upper right corner, can you make out that screenshot? I mean, I'll put, looks, I'll put, is it I'll put a higher res version. No, it's, it's some, I think it's an Ultima six on super Nintendo. Oh. Uh, so this is 93. So it'd be much too early for sure. Ocarina, but it's like an image of you, the character tied down to a rock and a demon with wings has a dagger raised over you. Like they're going to sacrifice you. <laughs> so Ultima six on super Nintendo must've been pretty hardcore. Uh, this says uh, role-playing and action adventure fans get ready to see EGM's mega guide to RPG action adventure games. You'll see many games for the following systems, Philips CDI, Super NES, Genesis, 3DO, Sega CD, and even the NES. We present to you a variety of RPG action-style games you will enjoy in the future. You will enjoy. You will enjoy them. Uh, Samus I again. To, I know Samus is back again. Two more pictures Wait, of Samus. Are those the same ones, too? Same PNG? Um, no, they're different images. Okay, a lot of pictures. Okay. Uh, a little bit of movement. Mm-hmm. They do, uh, yeah. There's a, a, a screenshot of uh, <laughs> Super Metroid. It says the long-awaited Super Metroid will soon hit the stores near you. <laughs> they do a little bit of explaining. <laughs> they do a little bit of explaining of the types of RPGs that are out at the time. It says first-person perspective RPG games are getting popular on game systems. There will be at least three Might and Magic three games coming out. Three versions of Might and Magic three. The systems that will have this popular PC game are the Sega Genesis, Super NES, and the Super CD. What was the okay. Super CD? Uh, wait, so what are the other two? Uh, NES and, and Sega Genesis. And then the Super CD, I think, was the Dur- Turbo Graphics system. I don't think they called it Super CD, but I don't know. Was uh, but, what? Okay. Is there any These chance types it was of games the Sega are... CD base that plugged in? Was this, no, that was I the mean, Mega maybe. CD. That was the magazine. Maybe, right? but they, yeah, they called it Super yeah. CD. It says, mm-hmm. another view of an RPG would be the overview. Here you can see where you are walking and talk with the townsfolk as well. You can also see your entire party's actions while fighting off monsters and bosses. That's good to have a little bit of an explanation there. Okay. What the <laughs> um, town is. Yeah, this is an, uh, an ad for Wizardry 5 for Super Nintendo. And it's from Capcom, which, you know, this is a, a, a Western-made R- computer yeah, RPG from the, late, from the late 80s. And I guess, Ca- I guess Capcom if it was just publishing it on Super Nintendo. Yeah. It's just an odd fit. Ported it, probably. Make plans for a heart attack, the ad says. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then they start getting, going into their, their game previews here. Uh, a game called Fireteam Rogue. It says, here's Accolade at their best. And this one is made for the Genesis. Spike <laughs> McFang is on here. I don't know if anybody played Spike McFang. That game actually looks pretty cool. I might have is that an RPG? It. It's like a first person one? It's a, which one? Spike McFang. Spike McFang? No, this is, for, it's it's top down. This is, this is, this okay. is the overview. The overview okay. view mode. Okay. Uh, 
There's a preview of a game called First Queen that was actually never released outside of Japan. There's a preview of The Horde on the 3DO, the game that stars Kirk Cameron. Cool. And I just want, and they and they have screenshots of Kirk Cameron in the game here, but the little write-up never mentions Kirk Cameron, almost okay. as if it was written by someone who wouldn't be familiar with an American sitcom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an ad for Lord of the Rings on Super yeah. Nintendo, which I, I included here because it's so I don't you guys might not be able to tell us it's so hard to read the text on this page because there's all the text about the game and in the background in in sort of a gray text oh, are yeah. all these uh names and locations from lord of the rings and it makes oh. everything really really hard to read because you have text on top of text this was lord of the rings volume one volume two and three never came yep. out yep um yeah, this is an ad for Shadowrun, which is a little confusing to me because it says best role-playing game of 1993 from Game Fan, Video Games, Game Informer, Electronic Games, and uh, it got a runner-up from GamePro. And then it says, not many left. You must hurry. What does that mean? I mean, I Both guess your parents to I buy Shadowrun, I suppose. The ga- oh, oh, you think they're saying Cartridge it's selling out? are scarce. Yeah, like it's selling yeah. out. It's selling out because so many uh, awards it's winning. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Exactly. Huh. Got it. Like, you're, don't you want in on the best role playing game? You must history. hurry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, Damon was looking at that as a perspective of, uh, of being an industry person. So he was thinking, there's not many more awards to give out. You better give this game your award now. <laughs> so he was thinking, oh, yep. I have to get a Damien immediately. Yep. Or yeah. It's like a yeah, exactly. for your consideration, but very effective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like <laughs> for your consideration in the next two days. <laughs> yes. The clock is ticking for your consideration. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's 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 the equivalent of a nice consideration you have there. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. Mm-hmm. And I just uh, want to say like to each his own, but like thumb rings with gloves, I don't know. Um, no, I don't wife, think it's man. a I don't think it's a thumb ring. I think the glove is torn, revealing his cybernetic oh, hand uh, underneath. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's absolutely what it is. That's much cooler. Yeah. Robot knuckle. That is very cool. Yeah. Uh, there's two previews of Might and Magic 3 uh, for the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo versions. Uh, <laughs> this version for the Genesis is nicely translated from the PC version, thanks to FCI. This sequel is definitely worth waiting for. And then yeah. the, for the Super Nintendo, uh, Might and Magic 3 for the Super NES is based on the popular PC game of the same name. These previews sit right next to each other. Look at those uh, big at, so, green, like shots of the king and stuff. It's very funny. Yeah, those are from a game called Runes of Virtue. <laughs> Which uh, abbreviates to oh. RV. RV, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's apparently an, ult- an Ultima game, uh, of which there is an ad for right on the next page. And it's an ad for Ultima uh, Runes of Virtue 2 on Super like Nintendo that. and Game Boy. But the big art is, is in black and white, and then they save the color print for just for the box arts, which are much smaller. So it ends up looking a little... I, like they would want to show the big art in color. I love the, the, two versions, I love the pun. Two ways to ruin your day. <laughs> That's right. Two ways to ruin your day. Why That's are right. all the ad? The how come all the old fashioned ad copy is so dark and negative? You're going to have a heart attack. Yeah. Hurry up. Yeah. You're going to ruin your day. Two ways to ruin your day. Cynical. That's what 90s kids, 90s kids, uh, you, you, you had to be extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 90s kids were used to being hardcore and extreme. Mm hmm. Uh, let's see what I wanted to 
<laughs> Dragon View. What are I feel like these are like games I dreamt up as like RPGs I forgot to collect. <laughs> yeah, that's the dragon. name of the game. Look at it. Dragon View. <laughs> it says sequel to Draken. Dragon View has aspects similar to the first person perspective. Oh, One difference that was noticeable is the way you fight battles with the monsters. The storyline is very close. This RPG game is one of the best on the market. <laughs> uh, and here, finally, there's a preview for Super Metroid, and I love it. It says, for all you Metroid fans, it's finally coming to the Super NES, thanks to Nintendo. It's been way too long since the last Metroid, and this game is loaded with awesome features. Basically the same theme and gameplay as the first one, this upgraded Super NES version was worth the wait. Super Metroid will surely attract many consumers, as it did us. Place yourself on a waiting list for this one. Definitely one of the best. <laughs> the best That's the Vegas article yeah. ever written. Yeah. I, think, I think whoever wrote this uh, might have an exposed robot knuckle somewhere because uh, this <laughs> I think so too. was written by an AI. Video games can place be yourself. for recreation and distressing. <laughs> I hope consumers <laughs> enjoy video games as much as we do as human consumers well <laughs> also kids. humans hello fellow kids <laughs> the adam's family values is on here i guess it's an action role-playing game the adam's family is back thanks to ocean this game is for the super nes it's very well laid out all of the family members are here to help fester in his quest travel to many places with different climates where you must search caverns and mazes graphics are incredible and the family characters animations are funny the sounds are neat and set the tone for the game. If you've played the other Adams Family game, this is a good add-on. <laughs> it will fit all four corners of your television screen. <laughs> uh, we were mentioning Capcom putting out Wizardry 5 uh, at the top of the issue. And in, in their preview, they says, I never knew Capcom could do a game like this. A very good role-playing game that will keep you busy for many weekends. <laughs> I also like that they're writing in the first person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They have Star Tropics 2 in here. So that's an NES game in 1993 that they're previewing. Yeah, and it didn't sell any copies. Go figure. Zoda's Revenge. Yeah. But hurry yeah, up because exactly. you might not get your chance to get it. Because Brother Death RPG in 93. They have a write-up on Zelda's Adventure for the Philips CDI. Cool. I really want that game. Says the, the, copy, the, Nintendo, that. the Nintendo Classic has come back now on the CDI. You will travel on the land of Tolomac in search of the missing Link. Also, evil has entered the lands. You must find Link plus defeat Ganon and his minions. Awesome! <laughs> Up to the point where evil entered the lands, I was on board. Sounds like a lot of work now. Also, everything's doomed. They, re- they really just buried the lead. Also, there's <laughs> evil. Don't worry too much about it. Awesome! I want the listener to know Damon skipped right over the seventh guest, which was a full motion video oh, sorry. spooky game. That was pretty good when you were nine yeah. years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can it only play it on Mac now, right? It, it says was, the yeah. seventh guest from Philips, the game that took multimedia to new heights, will take you on an incredible journey into the mystical world of the unknown. That means yeah. basically grainy footage of bottom tier yeah. actors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I watched my friend and play then they have. Then they have a feature where they're going to apply scores to the games that they've featured, and they call this feature Go Figure. Mm-hmm. And then 
there's no way you guys can see this on the far left are the names of the games easily the smallest and hardest text to read on the entire page mm-hmm. the next column is whether it has a battery or password save feature cool. and that text is much much larger than uh the actual names of the games a couple of them uh did not have either one adam timely values and sos and then they applied scores to sound and music control theme and then they also list how many megs the game was, which is in the middle of the actual ratings that they're giving to the game features. So this whole go figure feature is not very well laid out at all. Well, uh, CD means CD-ROM, uh, which has infinite megs, if you didn't know. Infinite in- megs. Infinite, yeah. The highest uh, meg on a cartridge here is Super Nintendo, or Super Metroid, with 24 megs. <laughs> wow. All those megs. Uh uh, an ad for Eye of the Beholder for Super Nintendo, which was published by Capcom. Um, I guess Capcom at this time just had the license to Dungeons and Dragons games because they also made the arcade brawlers the, or the yeah. hack and slash games, right? I remember this ad and this box art because I thought the Beholder was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I'd seen uh, Big Trouble in Little China Town like when I was oh, like yeah. uh, way too young. And so I remembered yeah. the Beholder like creature in that and I was pretty obsessed. Yes. Yeah, that is a floating head with one eye and then a bunch of tentacles coming out of it that also have eyes. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's the last page. Top that. I will stop sharing. I will stop sharing my screen. That was the 1993 EGM guide to uh, RPG. I I remembered that. That was really cool. I remember that that cover image. It might've been on a Dungeons and Dragons book at some point. I think they just reused it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my, <laughs> my, uh, guys, I'm so embarrassed. We've just come to video game 20 questions and I've just realized I did not pick a game. No, come on. Come on. We it's win, true. right? So so here I, how is that even possible? Does here that mean we should do one for you? I'm diving into the emails right now, frantically looking for a game I can use for video game 20 questions. How embarrassing. We talked, you gave us the he show notes. Too busy yeah. programming his fancy hat. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Ooh, right. an, this one's way too hard. Okay. Tina, please make a note of this malfeasance. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Doesn't even have to look back. That was, yeah, that was, you got it spot on now. Okay. I have selected a game comes from Sean in Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan. I'm going to change my background for this one. You ready? <laughs> too much of a blare. Oh, cool. A little close. Push it a little. I can't do much about that <laughs> considering I'm holding up a giant piece of glass. That's very useful in the pandemic era. Great yeah, effect on your audio as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. All right. What do we got? Okay. Let the question and begin. Okay. Uh, is this a game uh, about shooting things? No. Oh, got to count. Can I just say this is terrifying the first time you do it? <laughs> this is so scary. We've got it yeah. every week this year so far with a perfect winning streak. I don't want to no. drop yeah. the ball. Is that true? I don't think that's true. Now I'm just trying to make him feel worse. Your pay is dependent upon. Don't. Worry. <laughs> yeah. This will change the game of the year that you choose. So yeah. right. don't shoot things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no shooting. So, is there are there stealthy things? Stealthy. 
Yes. Yes. Ooh. What? Yes. That was a good out of the blue. Was this I, I game released yeah. post 2000? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Is it part of a series? Is it part of a series? Yes. Series stealth game. Is this a console exclusive? Yes. That's five. Holy cow. These feel like good clues. Yeah, I think we got this in six. You ready to go? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Console exclusive um, sneaky sneaky game. Yeah. No is, the, is the tone uh was it rated M or T? Wait, that's but not a yes or no question. Versus any of the others. We just lost. It's, you have to ask yes or no questions. No, or we you lose. Know, that's the breakdown. Like, was it rated M or T? Yes or no? Like, was it rated oh. T or above? Is what he's asking. <laughs> was it rated okay. T or higher? Yeah. Okay. Was it rated T or higher? No. Uh did this okay. appear in a Nintendo system? No. Well, we didn't catch that, Tina. It's a it's a series of a kid friendly stealth game. Teen, at least te- not overly adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Teens would roll their eyes at it. Exactly. Um, you don't shoot in it. Uh, do you play as a human? No. Oh, stealthy animal game, stealthy robot game, stealthy alien game. One of those. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, is this is game there, oh, cute? Go ahead. Is the game cute? Yeah. Yes. Is there a crafting mechanic in this game? Uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's crafting in this game. Can I re- withdraw the question if we sure, don't? Yeah, know? yeah, withdraw. Right, I'll withdraw. Withdraw, Your Honor. <laughs> You're damning us. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> Sir Hatfield. <laughs> um, Cute game. Cute Wait, it is a console exclusive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Did we confirm? I mean, it's probably not worth burning a question, but we know that sneaking is in the game. That doesn't mean sneaking is the focus. Right. So yeah. yeah. Like Ocarina of Time has a great stealth scene in it. it it's not true. Focus. But at the same time, he was. it was such an emphatic yes that I feel like it's so... Mm-hmm. Well, and Link definitely shoots stuff. Mm-hmm. If I well, this is not Ocarina of Time. That was before 2000. Right, right, right. That's sure. not a Nintendo system. I think Tina's question was, "Is this a stealthy game?" Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said yeah. yes. That's so that, true. Yeah, that's more Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, go ahead. do we ask a Nintendo question? Or yeah, it's not a Nintendo. It's not game. Nintendo, and it not. is a console exclusive. Is this a Sony game? Yes. That's ten. All right. You have to look. That means it's not that obvious a series. Either. You, you don't. You saw his eyes move over. You don't play I'm, as I'm, a human, I'm also, to right? Yeah. Again, no, I know you're. you're yeah. That's that's the perfect assistance for this game. You get, someone's got to spot Damon. Someone's got to distract Damon, and someone's <laughs> got to ask more questions than he can answer. So we get in a few extras. That's my role. Hack into his email. That works. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can also just look up his emails. Um. So Sony game, I can't think yeah. of a lot of cute Sony games. Healthy Sony game. Well, um, is it is it still mm-hmm. a series that's around? Well, I guess you have to, you have to qualify that for me. Once something exists, doesn't mm-hmm. it always have existed in <laughs> some way? <laughs> it's just been blinked. Like what's the cutoff? Like, out, like 
Did this like game get Thanos? Um, <laughs> I guess. I guess. I guess is it on current gen? Yeah. Is is there is, is one is, is an it iteration a that exists on? Yeah. No. Cool. Oh, okay. All right. So it hasn't been around for a while. Could this be like a loco roco patapon type thing? Uh, I vaguely know that string of nonsense syllables you just rattled off. <laughs> so I might not. <laughs> I know those games, but them. they're not really stealthy. Okay. Um, I was thinking Moss, but it seems like oh no, ooh. that's not a that will be a series, but it isn't yet. Yeah, it's and not it's Moss. A- it was a VR game or an Xbox game? It's VR. And he said it's Sony, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is this an indie game? No. <laughs> so, big, big game on Sony system. Is this a portable game? Handheld? It, 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 it has been. So, yes. I think that's okay. a yes. Okay. No, probably not in this game, but in the series it, it has. Do you play as a talking animal of any kind? Yes. <laughs> All right. But it's not Moss. Okay. It's surprising how little that narrows it down with video games. Is it a little big planet? Does that count? No, there's is that. No, Sockboy's not thing? an animal. Talking also animal. Also not an animal. I'm not talking yet. Yeah. Still- oh, I think it might be Sly Cooper. Sly. Yeah. Did, was anyone series. spotting Damon for I? Is the newest <laughs> one? Yeah. What did you think? What, what's your take, Tina? What, I what, have what to ask something. Is no, we're asking about Damon's expression. Oh, oh, I see. There was no register or I looked late. Okay. What are yeah. we on? 14? So mm-hmm. that'd be like Sly 3, the Thievus Raccoonus or something like that. Well, is it worth asking if it's in the series? Uh, you, 13 questions. Well, yeah, you, we can do that. We can say, uh, do you, you know, is Sly a fox? Yeah. But he great. Might, he might be a raccoon. Oh, yeah. Thievus Raccoonus. Yes. I just said <laughs> <Yeah>. that. Just <laughs> said. But Sly as a fox is a thing. So that's just, what I Do you yeah. play as a raccoon in this game? Yes. That's or is 15. that like, pronounce it raccoon? <laughs> um, Death Stranding. All right. Is this, uh, <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, is this, uh, it could be Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, oh, true. Um, a tanuki suit. <laughs> um, you two people, technically. I think we got. How do we this. figure out which game it is? Well, we have three questions left. We could ask <laughs> each one. I don't remember the names, the subtitles. Do you remember? I don't also? either. But we can just say it's just Sly One, yeah. Two, and Three. Was this game on the PlayStation Three? It appeared on the PlayStation Three. Mm. Oh. Meaning, like a port or something. Well, yeah, because like Sly Three was the PlayStation Three game, but it sounds like this is just the Sly Cooper game. I don't know how to get this. I don't know how to. I don't know enough about the series. I just know Three was on PS3. That's what I know. So, um, is this the first is of a series? That's what I was going to go for. Is it the first uh, of a series? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Is well, this Sony's Sly Cooper? Yes, it is. And yeah. the Thievus Raccoonus is the full title there. Whoa. Champagne cork. We could have yeah. used the, the question, have we mentioned this game? Yeah, yeah well, that's true. my father teaches Latin, so it just kind of sticks sometimes. Fun game. I always appreciate yeah. a game where you don't shoot everything. It's nice to see people innovate in those directions. Uh, yeah. How did you get the stealth thing? Was that the second question? 
That's what gave it. That's what gave us the win. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think amazing. it was Swaim. I think it was you being like, "Is this sly poop?" Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that where is, we really got it. I got to say, it, saying the name of the game out loud helped me. 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 It, yeah. There you go. But is it a stealthy game? Was our north star? That was our guiding yeah, question. Yeah. Yeah. You might take some heat for not getting it sooner. I think as, as soon as a lot of listeners heard that it's a, a Sony exclusive stealth. What cute we're gonna game. take heat. That's what you're saying. Is that we're gonna take heat for this 20 questions? <laughs> you might, you might. Well, way to turn that around at us. Also, I gotta say, uh, for 20 questions, two weeks running now, we have gone about it a very backwards way, and it's worked for us. And I'm really proud of us. What's backwards about it? We don't ask the decades first, we don't ask the systems first, and we don't do any of that stuff. We just ask like kind of yeah, uh, feel it out questions. Mm-hmm. We flail around till we hit something. Exactly. That is the <laughs> strategy. <laughs> All right, Deb, you're going to have to edit out that part. Um, well, thank you for the suggestion. Sean from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, viewers and listeners, if you have your own uh, suggestions for 20 questions, email them to me at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, and I will try to remember to pick one before we're, we're at the end of our show. We're out of time. The other thing I wanted to do is... Uh, something uh, that we don't actually have time for, but this is something that was suggested by some of the members of our engineering team. They've been trying this, uh, this fun game. Uh, Sam, what's a, what's an older game that you uh, have your eye on that you'd like to own someday? Oh, food fight by Atari. Um, uh, something for a console. Oh, um, uh, little Samson for NES. Do you have any idea how much that would cost? Like 600 bucks. Um, do you have any idea? Uh, so, <laughs> so little Sansa for yes, loose, mm-hmm. according to pricecharting.com, loose is going to set you back $1,300. That's that's gone up since the last time I looked, which was Com- 10 years ago. <laughs> Complete inbox little Samson for the NES is going to set you back $3,000. Mm-hmm. And a new, a new unopened, uh, copy of little samson on nes is going to be eight thousand eight hundred and sixty nine dollars nice the idea for the game was to try and get, try and we could play prices prices right rules everybody makes a guess and whoever's okay. closest to it wins but okay. maybe for another time okay good for game though way too solid for idea he's just way too equipped for that yeah all, tina all you have to do is wait for sam to guess and then you just guess one dollar higher yeah that's true that is the strategy mm-hmm. sure. uh, all right that is all the scoops that we have for you this week michael thank you for joining us for your inaugural episode hey my honor thank you uh thank you also to sam thank you tina uh everybody have a great weekend it's a holiday weekend for us here in the u.s so everybody stay safe in your uh celebrations see you next week my name is damon this is ign games you and we're out We dance beside the sea You move like a mystery And we fall In love with everything And we fall In love with everything And we fell Into the sparkling And we fell
Sparkling and we fell 